you with that, Johnny. Oh, man. What's going on, good people? This is the We Come As Equals podcast. Yeah. Where everyday people have extraordinary conversations. I'm Q. I'm Jay. <laughs> we back with you again. One more time. It's good to see you. Good to... Yes, sir. Filled with immense gratitude. Uh, filled with a true humble spirit and heart. You know, we come into the end of, of a of a monumental year. I don't even know how to describe this year, but that was um, good. Yeah, maybe we have to at some point uh, in the near future do a recap. We might not even be able to do that really until we get about six months away from from where we are today. I don't know. It's like it feels just a little too close because maybe we kind of like we ner- like nervous. Like yeah, yeah, nervous because this has been a year of okay, can't get any worse. <laughs> right. Okay, well, at least we made it through that. Right. Dang. Right. And then at some point, you know, we find ourselves sort of right back in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But um, yeah, man, I mean, we've had like so many different things uh, happen this year. Um, but I think one of the precursors to this conversation is something that took place a couple of months ago uh, that, you know, we kind of thought would be a really good opportunity for us to unpack some things that we've <clears throat> kind of been talking about over the course of a number of conversations that we've had mm-hmm. over, you know, prior episodes and, and so forth. Uh, but I think we want to just dive in a little deep, just a little deep on this one today. Uh, a couple months ago, I went home to visit family. That was one of the reasons I went home. But the primary reason that I went home was that I had a really good friend from childhood, uh, most of my childhood, and then also into adulthood, <clears throat> had passed away. Uh, and uh, he had some, some health uh, conditions. And, and it was really unexpected because uh, he was under 40, under the age of 40. And I think that really kind of hit home because it's when somebody that close to you, somebody who's been a part of your life and a part of your story ever since you've been really, really young. I mean, at least I would say since I was 13, 12, Mm. um, Mm. I was really, uh, really good friends with his older brother. And so by default, naturally, because they're close in age, all of us kind of, you know, became hung out. Yeah. Yeah. Hung out and stuff like that. So, yeah. So we're talking like like around 13, 12, 13, actually maybe even a little bit younger than that. Um, and so that was a, a really powerful experience to have happen at this stage of my life. Um, <clears throat> but I think, you know, in this, in this shaping of visiting home, you know, there was like the, there was like the literal aspect of visiting home. And then mm-hmm. there was also like the metaphorical aspect of visiting home. And mind you, this is all in like the context and framing of the entire year, you know, all of 2020, I think is, is within the same context of, of going home. Yeah. I was about to ask, as you, th- as you talk about going home, literally was that, and I'm, quite, I'm sure it probably was, but was that special to you because of how 2020 has been and the fact that you got the opportunity to do something that some people maybe still haven't had a chance to do? You know, I actually, I, I didn't think about that. 
I haven't considered the mm -hmm. that that the going home was a privilege in a different kind of way, mm -hmm. and other people uh, have not had a chance to be around their family and their loved ones and mm -hmm. and friends and and so forth because of this year and the distance, like yeah. we talked about in our last conversation, where it's really it's just not safe to be close. Yeah, you yeah, and uh. I mean, but that's that's a really good question. I want to say, yeah, I would say that the spirit of that was was in the space, mm -hmm. was like sort of hovering over the entirety of the trip, mm -hmm. even though I didn't name it till just now uh, when you know when you said that. Yeah, it looked it looked good on you. You know, I'm here lately. I've been big on like certain things we go through. It might look good on you. It might not look so good on you. But like the trip looked good on you. It when we talked while you were gone and text and just whatever, it felt it felt like a, a deeper, like we talked about diving deep today into it. It felt like a deeper reset than just a, oh yeah, I went back home. You know, I'm not like born from here. So I just went back home. It was a cool little reset. Nah, that joint felt, it felt spiritual. It know? was, it, it was, and it was probably for mm -hmm. a couple of reasons. I would say number one, the, the primary reason was that the 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 length of the trip was extended much longer, almost twice as long as what the initial trip was supposed to be. Uh, so you know, I left on the trip, and <clears throat> I was only going to planning to be gone for about a week or so. Okay, and, uh, and that extended into about two and a half weeks um, for a whole host of reasons that I won't go into now. But no, no, um, no. But the just the time was almost as if like the work was incomplete. Mm. Like I was like I was home, but I wasn't home yet. Mm. I was I was physically home, but I needed to process some things that allowed me I to gotcha. be physically home. Yeah. Yeah. Um and to yeah. be like metaphysically home at the same time that I was physically home in the space. Yeah. Um, and when I had time to, to slow down time to, you know, when I first got there and I hit the ground and, and when, you know, whenever going home, there's always this process of like, I'm trying to do these 15 things while I'm here. I want to go see this person. I want to go visit that. Yeah. Person. I want to do this. I want to stop by here. I want to, whatever the case may be. And, uh, the extension of the trip allowed for all of that to take place mm -hmm. and then an additional amount of time where it's like okay so now I'm here like I'm actually just here I'm not visiting on a trip I'm here and I could just stand still and pause and kind of take a break and what it mm -hmm. what it actually allowed me to do was the second thing which was process all of the things that have always been home to me growing up and what it means for those things to be like put in front of me, for me to interrogate, for me to yeah. act and analyze. And so like seeing my mom, like, like being, stepping foot in my old like childhood bedroom and- okay. Okay. You know, walking and moving through spaces, like move, walking in and out of my great grandmother's house, mm -hmm. you know, just like Big Mama's house, and 
just all mm -hmm. of these sort of physical spaces and places. And even as I was there, <clears throat> like say I would drive and go to the store or go to Starbucks or something like that. Uh huh. Because of my friend's death, what it did was it actually, uh, the way I could can describe it is like, um, so, okay, so you know how Google traces their maps with those vehicles and they have the vehicles mm -hmm. driving around and it has the little thing on yeah, it. Yeah, big, big cameras on the joint. Cameras in all direction, yeah. right? Uh-huh, Mapping, uh -huh. you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, basically updating the map constantly. And so uh -huh. this trip was like, an updating of the the Google map, but but my sort of oh. spiritual version of it. So I was I was driving down the street and I would look to the left and then I would say, you know, I come up to the top of the hill and it's like, man, that that cleaners right there, that laundromat used to be the Denny's that we used to go to. Denny's. And we would sit in the Denny's and and drink milkshakes and and just go there after playing basketball or something like that. And so all of these sort of spiritual, metaphysical, uh, metaphorical landmarks started to emerge, even though I had seen those things like hundreds, thousands, millions of times up until that point. But for some reason, mm -hmm. the processing of that just, I don't know, it just, it felt different. And the same thing happened stepping foot inside of my own home. Yeah, so, gotcha. um, you know, so I, I think um, I would say that's, um, that was, that's a challenge for me of figuring out what to do with all of this new information. <laughs> like how to now that, now that you got the update to the, to the spiritual now Google map. Yeah. On the map. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was definitely a visit home, but it was a visit home. Um, oh man, can I like, can I just? This is a conversation, but I just gotta ask you some questions, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. one, one question being, was it like a? Um, living in a moment but watching the moment be lived type of yes. thing like when you went into yes. certain settings like kind of yes. like movie view yes there's one view of the actual actor in the movie that the frame will cut to sometimes but then there's our audience view right. watching the person right Were you like having those experiences over yes. and over again like like okay so you know for one um you said going in your childhood bedroom, like seeing things like where you did it feel like you were watching yourself see those things and pick them up? Like, I don't know, it might have been anything laying around, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Oh man, it was like hundreds of those things. Okay, it was. Uh, so, okay, let me just give you a couple of examples. So, okay, okay, number one, while I was there, my mom had me cut the grass like multiple times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you get put to work and stuff like when you go to that too. it's men though yeah they say find something for you to do it's men though um, yeah you know and there, there might be something to that too i don't know what like you know whether there's some unpacking to to the the sort of uh 
you know, re reposturing you back into mm. your childhood chores when you come home. That's a a reconnecting thing with 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 you and your like the per you know your guardians or your parents. There's something there's something to that. But okay, I'll, I'll come back to that. No, I'm not going to come back to that. Meaning, I'm just going to keep going forward. But we'll put a pin in that and come back to that at some point. Okay, so like cutting grass, for instance. Um, there's a part, uh, so, so we have a really, really like big backyard. Okay. And there's a part at the bottom of the backyard that used to always give me a lot of hell when I was cutting grass. It's just <laughs> like this weird little odd part at the bottom. I, and yeah. over to the side of the, this part, there's the fence that touches my neighbor's fence that's on the street behind us. Okay. And there's always been this piece of plywood that has been there probably my entire life, but it's on the neighbor side of the fence. It's like stuck behind mm. this big tree. Mm. Okay. And when I was cutting grass this time, I was like, I stopped and I just really stared at this piece of plywood. It's like an old board from, uh, so our arena, the basketball arena used to be called the Capitol Center. Okay. Um, it was like the Omni before Phillips okay. Arena here. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was the Capitol Center before they, they opened up, you know, the new basketball arena downtown. Yeah. And so it's a board from the Capitol Center, has the Capitol Center on the outside of the board. And I've been seeing okay. this thing my whole life. And I was like, I've never really looked at it. You know what I'm saying? Like you could see things, uh -huh. but you never looked uh -huh. at it. Um, little things like that, you know? And so okay. another really good example of this, um, you know, and I think this, this kind of, you know, leads us right into our conversation uh, today about having conversations with our younger selves or self mm -hmm. um, is, so my mom had me moving some stuff in the basement around just moving boxes. Sometimes I think it's busy work, you know, it's like, this is a way that I know that I can have you in the house, um, mm. have you doing busy work sometimes. Okay. So, but it's also necessary work, but still busy work. But yeah. So I'm moving these boxes in the basement and I come across um, my comic book collection. Okay. And um, I started for like the whole rest of that night, this was during the middle of the week, for the okay. whole rest of that night, I started just, I hadn't opened this, this you know, container that had my comic books from when I was you know, preteen, teen, yeah, yeah, around that age, preteen, yeah. teen, 11, 12, and up. And I started opening this package and, um, and I was like, wow, I haven't looked at this stuff in a long time. Hmm. And there was an immediate feeling that came over me of like, pure joy okay and when it when the feeling came over me of pure joy it made me realize that i haven't felt that feeling 
in a long time. It wasn't until I had the feeling again, mm. I realized it had been absent from my life for years. It's something to that. And the, the joy was, I was like transported. That's the word I was looking for. I was transported back to that time of going to the comic book store, spending my last little bit of money on these comics, mm -hmm. immersing myself in this world. I was a Marvel person. I wasn't a DC person. I was a big Marvel person. Immersing myself in this world and then uh, bringing the world out of the book and into my physical existence when I would be in the basement creating my own storylines and my own comics. And I would have my towel and I would tuck my towel in my shirt and it would be my cape. You know, some folks might be too young to even know about that because they don't even play games like that no more. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and just, you know, creating all of these characters. Um, yeah. You know, and I, and I just say all that to say, like, like there was something about, like, wow. Um, where did that, where did that joy go? Mm. Uh, where where did that exuberance go? Where did that mm -hmm. freedom, that um, that sort of like liberative, like I can be anywhere in the world when I am um, diving deep into these stories, mm -hmm. and so much so that in the process of me talking about it immediately I had the question of, uh, I know I'm just unloading stuff that we got a lot to unpack here. Nah, this is great, yeah. Immediately I, I had the question of, why is it when we are seeking to go to a place of comfort and peace and joy and solitude and excitement and freedom, we often mm -hmm. close our eyes? Like, why do we, mm close our eyes to the things that we see right in front of us in order to transport us? What is it about the closing of the eyes to block off the things that are in our immediate present to take us somewhere away? Maybe that's in the future. Maybe that's in the past. Maybe that's somewhere. I don't know. But I just did it as we were talking in this conversation I closed my eyes in the middle of talking and it took yeah. me almost like a lily pad. Like it took me back to October of having that experience of joy. Uh -huh. And I went from that lily pad and leapfrog back to the childhood, all okay. in the same continuum of okay. feeling. Uh, so actually, let me stop there. Let me just... Cause I know I say it a lot. Um, nah, it's, it's nah. I just got more questions that I think just going to fill in the conversation or whatever. A um, couple things that maybe we'll come back to, maybe we won't come back to, but um, and and I, I as it relates oh, to, but before you do that, I, say, I do want to hear whether you've had a version of that same type of thing happen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
Yeah, I, I got one. I got one that happened recently. I think I can tie it in. But I, I wanted to say, uh, I wrote it down. Um, what, it is, what is it about having to experience, literally experience the old feeling that makes it real right now? So as it relates to talking to the younger self, younger selves, I think that can be a challenge for us sometimes because we have no recollection, we have no reference point, no, no framework for the spaces that our older self, older selves used to inhabit on the regular. So you had to close your eyes. And I think it's something, it's something to that as well. But you close your eyes and you go to this this old feeling, what is it about having to experience it now in order to make it real? Does that make any sense? Okay, let me make sure I understand your question. Um, is your question grounded in a position that says, um, Says that says that there's something fleeting about the the feeling, that 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 we have to find a way to go and reclaim it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm trying to because I'm still I'm still working working yeah. it out as I ask the question. But yeah, I think I'm getting at the fact that you know it can be a challenge, as I said, talking to your younger self because you just don't have a starting point because the feelings are so fleeting and they're so far behind us. We feel so far removed from them that we have to do intentional like contemplative practices like, like closing our eyes and meditating and stuff like that to even get in the space to say, oh yeah, it did It did feel good when I did this. It, it, it did bring me life, bring me joy when I did this versus being able to kind of go through our memories Rolodex and say at 12, at, at the age of 12, I used to feel like this every day. Um, so how do I get back to that space? Because you hear all the gurus and influencers talk about advice to your younger self, but what the hell, how did, how the hell do I even get my younger self to sit down in front of me to have the conversation? A lot of times I don't know where, where that guy is. I, I don't even know where he is. Like he, He's there, don't get me wrong, but I don't know where he is or my 12-year-old self versus my 11-year-old self when my grandfather passed versus my nine-year-old self when he first got uh, sick versus my six-year-old self when he beat a heart attack. Like, do you know how much digging I got to go? You talk about digging through those comic books. You know how many like comic books in my mind I got to go through to get back to that guy to be able to have a much less advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's 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 heavy. That's heavy, and it's um. And, and immediately, I as I was listening to your question, I said to myself, um, "Why does Jay have to ask that question? Mm -hmm. uh, why? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Why are we so far away?" Why isn't why why aren't those versions of ourselves that you described at those different ages always mm -hmm. with us every day? Yeah. What happens in the world? What happens in the process of there we go? 
that gets us so distant mm -hmm. from that level of freedom and joy and mm -hmm. excitement. And I, I mean, I could bury myself in that experience for hours. I mean, mm -hmm. sitting in the basement, thumbing through the comic books for hours, like, yeah. and not have, not have um, a desire to be done. Hmm. So, okay, so, and the reason I said it like that is, is tying this, this idea of, of uh, the distance, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, um, and I may, and I may make an argument that, that because somebody or somebody's told us that it's not safe to be close, but <laughs> come back to that though. So, um, as we, there's something about the process of us aging mm -hmm. that it becomes more about completion than being present. Yeah. Damn. It's uh, that the, the joy that I described in those books was never about finishing the story. Because mm -hmm. if you think about like comic books and Marvel and DC and all of these characters, these fictional characters, the story actually never ends. Mm. There's always another publication that's coming out. Even when the story ends, they just reboot it. Yeah, and the characters and, show up in a different story. And they do it again. They may just, they've had like 17 wow. Batman movies. And it's just the same. It's just, it might, and it might be an origin story. It might start yeah. from like how he became Batman again. Yeah, he, uh, he right. We saw it five times already. Right. So there's something about being immersed in these sort of this essence of being in our youth that mm -hmm. was always about um, being present in the moment and never about trying to be That's finished it. with the moment. But what happens to us as we age where okay. we get convinced it's about checklists and completing yeah. and goal setting yeah. and uh, New Year's resolutions yeah. and something that we can scratch off and mark off and be done. I got it. I, I don't know what but yeah go ahead I'll okay okay that you asking that question okay so two things it it uh, it gave me a concrete example of something that brought me joy that I was really good at growing up and why I quit that shit so uh some people may not if you have a certain age you you're not even gonna know what I'm about to talk about but <laughs> they they used to teach penmanship in school they did uh, yeah. They used to teach us not so much uh, what to write, but how to write it and how to communicate it and express it in a way that's clear. So it was, it was, you know, writing standard and then it was writing with cursive, you know? And I was really, really good 
um, I had very excellent penmanship. You, you, know, you know what letter used to like really mess me up? Like what? case <laughs> R when they trying to teach that lowercase when it does the little boop, boop it, and then it hit that one. That R used to jack me up like all the time, bro. The lowercase R. That was some, that was some of my best work, bro. <laughs> my lowercase R's was top notch. My my R, my lowercase R, my lowercase S was top notch. S was special to me because my mother's name is Sandra. So I always wanted to get the J for me and the S for her. I always yeah. wanted to get those right. Um, yeah. Always. Um, but yeah, I was good at it to the point in third grade, I got an award, penmanship award joint, like best, like no other third grade in my school, third grader could write like me, right? And uh, you talk about joy, I really took joy in it. It was, uh, it's, it's crazy. I think this is how we knew this was a podcast episode. It's crazy because I laugh and I think about just you know how much that translates and and affects who I am today and how I view myself as an artist or digital artist, whatever, and and just my my love for the aesthetic and graphic design, like all that. But penmanship, I enjoyed it. Like I remember figuring out I could write different ways by holding my pen a different way, holding my pencil a different way. And I remember like this part, this part of my finger would get sore. But I remember like giving in to the pain of it in order to make the perfect shaped letters, the, the, the letters that flowed, that had style, that had feel. Like before I knew anything about handwriting analysis, my, my handwriting conveyed this like artsy kind of uh, creative vibe for me at a very, very early age. What what, but, what 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 do you think that was? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no no no. no. What, what do you do you think it was because um penmanship is the one place where there is an absolutely perfect intersection between art and method. Uh it's damn. It's, it's you're taking words that are words that say something. Mm -hmm. But you're doing it in an artistic way, and it's almost like the exact perfect intersection of the two. Like, was it something about? I mean, maybe at that age, you you may not have had an understanding. Right, right. Like, maybe you just enjoyed it. You know what I mean? But but do you think that you could pinpoint what? Nah, it that's exactly verbatim. That's that's it, right? I had to write it down. That's it. And you say art and message. You right. know what I mean? And they they both have this overlap, but in, in your handwriting, and so it translates to art when it when there is a message, when there are words that need to be written, you know, there's a way to do it, you know. Um, there's a way sometimes you type it, sometimes you draw it, sometimes you paint it, there's a way to do it. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. And if no one else cared, I care. If no one else thought it was dope, I thought it was dope. And I mean, it followed me. It followed me my whole life. I remember uh, when I first, uh, when was this? This was before I started. I was in, I was a co-pastor. I was a, well, I can't think, associate pastor. And uh, we had a big meeting 
and somebody was supposed to bring a laptop they didn't and i said i'll take notes and i remember taking notes for the meeting it was a district meeting and i wrote it by hand and after it was done um the district superintendent was saying okay we'll type up notes or whatever and when he looked at my paper and this was plain paper note not line paper whatever he was like no nah, we just make copies like, what you mean he was like it's readable like no need to recreate this one i was like damn you know, it's just little things like that. You know, and people remark about my penmanship. It happened the other day, uh, taking baby girl to get her labs done. Um, lady said, she was like, you got a nice penmanship for a man. <laughs> right. Thanks. <laughs> okay. But uh, the reason I quit, the reason I quit caring about it and I didn't find my way back to the intersections of art and message uh, to very recently, like a few years ago, was because of what you just named the checklist, the having to get completion. Like, and I remember the pain it took to physically write out longer documents. So then, you know, I'm I'm of an area, I'm I'm that in-between, I'm that middle child that Jay called that middle child era. So you know, computers are a thing, but computers are really becoming a thing as I'm coming of age, so to speak. So I just remember like, oh, well, if it's about the message, if the message is key, if that's how I get the good grades, if that's what matters, then let me just focus on this. And, you know, fast forward to now, people don't write stuff by hand anymore. Um, and it's getting to a place where you don't necessarily need a laptop anymore. You, you writing with your thumbs at this point. Um, but that's what did it. That's what did it. Like the, the pain that it took to create the art and also the fact that it was just easier and quicker to express myself typing versus writing. Mm. And over time, the, the functionality you know, was compromised, kind of went away. And then the love and the passion kind of went away. And if it wasn't for the grace of the ancestors, I may have never found my way back to that side of who I am as a creative. Yeah. 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 I, you know, mine in that same story, the essence of that comic book story is very much the same thing for me. Like I, at that age, that younger age, I probably couldn't pinpoint what it was that resonated with me so much. Um, you know, on my father's side of my family, I come from a family of artists, like all different types of artists, musicians, like the artistic side really, really flourishes heavy on my dad's okay. side. Um, okay. Really gifted artists, dancers, uh, musicians, sculptors. writers, sculptors, like everything. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so when I was younger, <clears throat> I used to draw a lot. And a lot of it was freehand drawing. A lot of it was um, like, man, what I would pay to just be able to find any of those like drawings. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> in processing it, I realized like, wow, uh, what could have manifested from that if someone had paid attention to mm -hmm. the joy and the space of the expression of what it was that I was doing? It was almost a thing, you know, just as we talked about in other discussions that we don't know 
these things that we have, these little knacks, these little gifts and skills, the penmanship thing, mm-hmm. the drawing thing, mm-hmm. could actually create a life for us. Yeah. It could actually be things that could build legacy for us mm-hmm. if we knew how to cultivate that or if we are surrounded by people even if the people around us didn't know what to do with that if they said you know what i need to take my child or my guardian or you know who i have guardianship over or my mentee or whoever it is Mm -hmm. uh around Mm -hmm. some people who know what to do with this um and offer them to to that space to see if they can nurture that and see if there's something there if you can identify this sort of natural talent, you know, yeah. that, that the person may have. And then on the other side of that coin, I've realized as I've gotten older, you know, part of my gift is storytelling. Um, yeah. And, and being able to take art and craft art in a way to tell stories. Mm-hmm. When, um, I, like, so one of the things I used to do, and it just hit me now as we're talking through this, I, mm-hmm. you know, going back, like your mind goes back. Yeah, this. yeah. I used to read the, the issue of the comic book and I, mm-hmm. I would get to the end of that issue and on the back, there's always the little advertisements or whatever thing. Mm-hmm. Once I finished reading the issue of the comic book, I would go back to the very beginning, to the front few pages and look at who did what after I had read and looked through the whole storyline. Okay. I would look to see, you know, if, uh, you know, um, if, you know, Todd McFarlane was doing something or Chris Claremont was doing something or, okay. Okay. or you know, Kirby was doing something. Um, and almost, you know, if you spend enough time in these stories, these things, just like what you just described, becomes like fingerprints. So I had gotten so accustomed to to the way certain people told stories and the way certain artists drew certain characters, I could look at a Wolverine and tell you what artist was drawing in that issue because they they drew the characters and their attributes and certain things very differently from each other. But, you know, almost like um, a soda drinker trying to explain the difference between Coke and Pepsi to somebody who doesn't drink soda, it wouldn't make sense. It all tastes like soda. Mm-hmm. And, but that, that thing becomes a fingerprint, you know? Yeah. And so, and as I've gotten older, I'm like, like, wow, I actually do the same things that I, that was drawing me to the comic book. I do it now in my adulthood and I probably always have done it. Yeah. At some point over the last 30 years. Yeah. Did you ever, um, (laughs) have you ever been called verbose, verbose or talkative or long-winded in a negative way? All the time. Yeah. All the time. You, you, you use too many words. You, okay, we get it. Uh, okay. Like, oh, okay. You know, it goes, on one of these rants and soapboxes and 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 it's so funny to me when I hear that because it's always to me like a gross mischaracterization of me 
Mm -hmm. that if most people who have said that about me really understood what was happening psychologically for me, Mm -hmm. I'm chasing the word. Mm. It's, Mm. it's, It's not that I'm intending to be long winded. I'm actually chasing the perfect word to articulate the perfect feeling of exactly how I'm feeling in that moment. So I may use a whole bunch of extra words to help compensate for the singular word that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And when I get it, you know, and I get a hold of it, I'm like, that's it. That's the description. Yeah. 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 So absolutely. Like all the time. That's been my whole life. That's been one of those just things that get tagged onto me. And I, you know, I hear I've grown to accept it, mm-hmm. but I've always kind of chuckled to myself and I'm like, internally, I'm actually not long-winded. If I could find the words faster, yeah, I would use maybe 80% less words. Yeah, but it, it's for the sake of the art. It, and, and I think that's what I was getting at. Like people will assess and make their assessment and their judgments of the art that you're creating. Even if you don't realize you're being an artist in that moment, and those are the type of things that try to kill imagination. Um, yep. Imagination and creativity can live inside of boxes, sure, because it's creative energy that damn designed the box. Like, you know, we we give the box such a bad think outside the box. What what did the box ever do to you? It right. it's really about who made the box and who owns the box. That but that's a different, yeah. you understand? That's a different yeah. conversation. But yeah. those are the type of things, those judgments, like knee-jerk reactions and judgment to the ways in which we show up as artists and creatives, that's the type of poison that, unfortunately, we spoon-feed children more so than anybody um, that tries to kill imagination. And I say we spoon-feed it to children because um, by our adulthood, we take it every day you know, in the morning, like it becomes medicine that we take because we're just so used to it. Like we took it in. Wait, what's the what's the it we take? The what? it is um, 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 out of bound, knee jerk judgments of our art and creativity. Oh, I got you. Just mm-hmm. Like just drop in judgments. Like, yeah, if you listen to 30 seconds of what I'm saying, you might catch the gist in five seconds and you're wondering why I took 25 more. It's because I'm an artist. Yep. I'm painting pictures right now with these words. Like I'm creating a film. As you said, like one of your gifts is storytelling and it really is. And so to to to, to that effect, you need those words yep. because all stories aren't told the same, you know? And you can't tell the storyteller how to tell the story. Mm-hmm. What, what, in what tradition, what ancient tradition does anybody get a chance to raise their hand and say, um, Mrs. Storyteller, Mr. Storyteller, could you um, make that first part a little shorter? That ain't, that's not how it works. You let a painter paint, you let a storyteller tell the story. Um, and you know, uh, to, to that point, uh, I've been, uh, you, you named imagination. And I think the biggest culprit to imagination is father time. I see this figure of father time and father time has created a poison, mm-hmm. a, uh, like a kryptonite to imagination. Mm-hmm. And father's time, father time, father time's goal Mm -hmm. is to eradicate the imagination as quickly as possible. And the poison that it gives to the imagination is checklists, Mm -hmm. is the fact that like 
what you just described and yes uh this thing requires this many words to actually say mm -hmm. condition of patience yeah. and something that is that's hovered over the sort of course the arc of like society like we've lost the essence of patience to sit with things we want everything bite size we want everything in 140 characters One, out 140 we want everything in bullet points we want everything in an infographic and some things actually the greatest thing could never be captured in that in that essence could never be captured in a way that we can bookmark it and i got i got to go do some other stuff and i'll come back to it later the real true things are the things that actually make us sit with it a prime example of this a, a prime example of this and this happened on the trip mm -hmm. is grief grief mm -hmm. talks a lot grief uses a lot of words grief is very communicative and the thing that we really probably hate about grief is that we have no choice but to be patient with it mm. unpatient ourselves away from grief because it says i don't care what you decide to do you can bookmark me you can whatever i'm not going anywhere until i decide to go somewhere hmm. and it's the one thing that we can't do anything about in terms of like we just gotta sit with it and that like that trip you know happening on that trip and having the passing happen and then the service and and then even the sort of residual lingering effect and then even com compound even compounding that mm -hmm. with all of the other passings I've had over my life. Mm -hmm. And grief is like, yeah, I'm still here. Oh, you thought I left because I just been quiet sitting in the back. But instead of talking this time, I just started writing you a letter and I just hand it to you like maybe, you know, every 45 days or so. Yeah. Just to remind you that I haven't gone anywhere. Grief, grief is going through the same thing you've gone through your whole life. Grief just trying to tell grief story. Like, yep, this story is important, and grief probably is upset and furious. Like, you all act like I'm trying to hurt your feelings on purpose. No, I'm just telling my story because my story is not just about pain and tears. It's about joy and triumph and yep. good times and memories and and essence and creative energy. And, and how love transcends any construct we can imagine. And so grief is like, sit your ass down, mm -hmm. listen to this story, and don't just take the 140 character snapshot of it that happens in the funeral moment when everybody's crying. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a poor trailer for the story. You know, grief is trying to tell like grief, like I'm trying to take you from the beginning to the never end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and yeah, and I think, um, man, man, I don't even want to rush past that. Cause that's, that's like really, uh, that's like really powerful about thinking of, of the story that grief has to tell and has been telling us, um, um, our entire lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, all like like you know this conversation with our younger selves, 
grief has actually, grief showed up on the day of our birth. When, when we left the comfort of the wounds and we were pushed into this new world, the tears, in my opinion, I think are for sadness, are mm -hmm. for the longing of the comfort of the womb where everything is perfect, where the, my entire environment around me is optimized for my success. Mm -hmm. The entire environment is all about my thriving. Everything mm -hmm. about it is designed for me to thrive. And the universe, God, or the divine, or however, you know, whatever your classification may be, pushes us out, you know, the canal or through C-section or however it is that we enter into the world. And we enter into, and then the baby starts crying. Mm -hmm. And the moment that those tears happen, that the doctors classify as life, which is crazy because it's what the doctors want. Yeah. It's, they want the sound. They want the noise because yeah. that's a clear definition of life, that the, that the child is living and breathing mm -hmm. and, and is here is the exact moment that we experience our first moment of grief. And from that moment on, we have this weird relationship with it yeah. where we're yeah. never actually comfortable with it. But it's, maybe it's been there with us longer than anything else that we've had in life yeah it, yeah bruh and and part of the reason i think we get into this a lot in our conversations part of the reasons you know we have to take time to unpack these ideas is because who's to say grief ever opted in to that movie title that book title wow grief as we know it may have shown up as remembrance of spiritual life before that moment mm. may have showed you know because I, while you were talking I, I had to write it down again you know um it's so good just thinking what if the story grief because I'm gonna put quotes because I'm who's to say that energy ever opted opted into being named that you know um mm. but grief showed up trying to tell you the story of how others before you fail to realize that the world is still the world that you were born into is still surrounding you and meant for your good like you like oh, leaving the man. womb did not did not mean there's no more world around you that's created for you to thrive and grow and and develop all the i mean you know the, the little update joints like your baby is now the size of a coconut like there's nothing in this world that wasn't designed for your creativity and your love and your power to grow in the same way. And I'm just trying to tell you about how lifetimes before yours, maybe even your lifetimes before this one, people just didn't see it. And I'm trying to tell you like, there are all these sad moments that can deter you and become poisonous for you. But there are also these liberative moments, like these, these moments of freedom that can help you discover you know, the, the answers for you, for your betterment, for your enrichment. Mm. Man. Wow, that's a radical reframing of grief and such the most like beautiful, amazing way. Uh, this, this new place 
this new place that you've entered it's crazy because i closed my eyes and i went mm. just did it mm. new place that you've entered can be as loving as kind as thriving as supportive as helpful as committed to your ability to grow into your full self as the womb was mm-hmm. and i am here i have been assigned to you this is grief talking mm. i've been assigned to you mm. as your sojourner mm. to walk with you for the duration of this life as a constant reminder that it can be that if you allow it to be, if you create it to be, if you go after it, mm-hmm. and if you trust that it can. Mm-hmm. That is a, that, I, I, yeah, that's a, um, man, that is a very, very, very different definition, different definition of grief. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Cause you know, when I, when I think about, you know, your reason for going back home and just, you know, like I, like I said, it looked good on you and all of the good that it brought from, you know, the thing is like, why do we have to buy into this idea that grief is a bad thing and grief got us there, but joy won and grief doesn't have the final say. So like, Maybe just a simple reframing of it, mm-hmm. of what it's trying to accomplish in the moment. And it really makes sense when you think about those of us that struggle with grief. We look at it as a bad thing and it's maybe it wasn't completely intended to be. And mm-hmm. so that's why it causes you to be anxious. That's why you get depressed. That, that's why it, you, you can't eat. You can't sleep because you're not embracing the fullness the fullness of it, like you're only getting a snapshot of the art, of the power, just the, the love energy that's flowing through it. Like, you, there is no grief without the story that it took to get there. Grief in our traditional understanding, the sad. Right. You can't be sad for a life that was lived if the life was never lived. So that means we're just focusing on a moment of pain that it took so much joy it took so much love and light to get to that space. And surprise, surprise, it does not end. Mm-hmm. My, my, my granddaddy, my grandma in this room right now, you know what I mean? Like it does not end. They are running through my veins right now. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so, so to build on that. So, okay. So I went home. Mm-hmm. And I think I referenced this at the beginning, but I went home physically. But but based on what you're saying, I, I also went home metaphysically and metaphorically. Yep. And yep. it's kind of like, well, well, where is home really? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like where where does it reside? Yeah. Where you know, and, and how many trips do we make home? Yeah 
or how many how many more times should we go home than we actually are? <laughs> right. Yeah, because the, the spiritual Google map, the, the spiritual road map isn't spatial like physical maps. So you don't have to actually physically travel to these spaces to get in the metaphysical spiritual mind state to do some digging and updating to the road map, to the guide map and their guideposts all along the way. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. um, you, you know, we, we've been, um, we've been kind of bouncing back and forth between a conversation with our younger self and a conversation with our younger selves. And I don't know if we've come to a, a conclusion on, <laughs> on where do we sit? Because earlier in the conversation, you know, you name, you named immediate, they were back to back. You named like four to five different mm. significant ages. Yeah. Where if you were having a conversation, the conversation might show up differently yep. to each one of those, those ages. Yep. I think I did like 12, 11, nine and six. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's one, you know, so like, like, how is it that uh, like, so oh man, I got so many thoughts. So based on what you said <laughs> earlier, based on what you said earlier, you were like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where to find these people. They're all over. They're scattered about in our consciousness, deep in our soul and our thinking and our feeling, our being, they are out there and they have, they are running everywhere, not because they're trying to get away from anything, but because the running everywhere is the joy. Yeah. It's the joy of seeing the kid run about in a field playfully mm -hmm. with no destination, but just taking mm -hmm. in and soaking in the moment of running around. And that's mm -hmm. the experience of like, again, trapped in this checklist thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're doing it in the process of talking about where, where are they and how do we find them? Because we're trying to check them off the list. Okay, I got the 12-year-old. Okay, I finally got the 12-year-old. Now that six-year-old, I don't know where he is. I gotta go look I, hard and fast. The 16-year-old didn't go too far. 16-year-old was just sitting over there on the stoop. So yeah. Call him over, beckon him to me. Yeah. But is that part of the problem too? Like the, the checklist of having to try to find the different ages is inherently yeah. back to the same cycle. Back to the, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the checklist again because it was when you were talking about, it was when you were talking about father time trying to poison imagination. And I thought about it. You know, I think it, I don't know if it was intentional, but it feels intentional that you said father time and not time. And it made me wonder if father time is really listening to this conversation. And if this conversation is liberative for father time as well, because father time only became quote unquote father time because they, whoever they is told him to become that, that really time says, look, my younger self, is named time. They call me father time, but my younger self and selves, you know, from lifetimes and eons and eons ago is named time, but I just started wearing this hat. 
and and they whoever they is right gave me the poison first and i'm really not trying to hurt anyone mm -hmm. but you know structure to your day and structure to your creativity is really how you see the fulfillment of time mm -hmm. so if that's the case i don't want you wasting time so I'm trying to hurry you along and check off these boxes because you got to finish school at a certain age. You got to start your career at a certain yeah. age. Yeah. You got to get married at a certain age. You got to have kids by a certain age. You got to switch careers or not switch careers at a certain age. And I'm just trying to get you to the end of it that they have agreed upon as the end. So here, take this, yeah. take this and don't let imagination because imagination and I were really good friends when we were younger, mm -hmm. but imagination never made anything of herself mm. or so it seems, you know, it, it just, so, so thank you for bringing that. Cause that was kind of the, 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 the quick little tangent I went on like, man, we're all back in this box, in this trap, maybe just because that's where most of us exist and live and without conversations with our younger selves, we wouldn't even know that it, it doesn't have to be like that. You don't, you do not have to orchestrate your time and your creativity and your energy. You're, you don't have to orchestrate it like that for the sake of a checklist. It could be for the sake of just the sheer art of it, the beauty of it, the admiration. Yeah. And, and, and I think what it is, if I had to name the, uh, the secret sauce mm -hmm. is that, the younger self, imagination, uh, the sort of whimsical nature of youthfulness mm -hmm. um, are not bound by safety. Hmm. And there's something that has happened yeah, with this father it. time construct that we're talking about. That's it. Yep. Now has to pay so much attention to safety and security because we are programmed to do so every single thing become the whole checklist becomes about safety and security yeah you have to make sure that you can take care of yourself when you get older and make yep. sure that you can are you sure that if you did that that in five years you won't regret it yeah are you, you know everything becomes about this mysterious thing and maybe this idea of breaking out of the box, when, when you ask the question, you know, like, what's wrong with the box? Like, who said that there was a problem with the box? <laughs> maybe because the box is just a construct of the womb. Mm. And we mm. need to create boxes because we're trying to recreate the womb, this place of mm. safety and security. It's small. It's small. Yeah. It contains us, but we know we don't have anything to worry about because everything yep. is, is working to our good. Yeah. And so we work to create yeah. boxes in order to work to our best ability to thrive. And oh. anything outside of that jeopardizes our ability to thrive. But we may discover just as us leaving the womb and coming into the world, everything outside of the womb and everything outside of the box can manifest just as much 
wholeness, embodiment, thriving as the thing inside of the box could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the entity that actually does is designed the womb and the box is outside of the box. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. mother figure. Yeah. Is literally it- outside of the womb of the thing that the, the child is living inside of. Yeah. And the yeah. universe is outside of the box. And that's where imagination, that's where all of these wonderful things live yeah. out there. And, and, and it's inside at the same time. Yes. And that's why it always has a point of reference to nurture because it's like uh, it's like women women that carry and i know this can be a tough tough topic for a lot of people but you know this whole conversation is about liberation so just women that carry physically put it like that carry you know if everything you know goes how it goes then a woman you know already has eggs like life is already in there mm-hmm. um and and just, you know, my wife talks all the time about mom shaming and mommy shaming. And let me just say for a minute, that shit is so whack, man. Yep. That yeah. shit is so whack. Like, but I get it because the world is so, so, so harsh and so bad on this whack. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like, and so especially on black women, like it makes you hard. Like hard times make hard people. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 really whack because, you know, let me just be a voice to say. However, the ancestors choose you or enable you to create life is yeah. beautiful, is worthwhile, and, and, and there's no shame involved with anything because I know some moms that never physically birthed some babies, but if it were not for their sheer existence, it's some babies, it's some children, it's some grown men, some grown women that would not be living and breathing on this earth. So let's not get into that trap of prioritizing and ranking how life is created and all that you know what i'm saying but point i'm trying to make is like the human body can carry life in stages like because the 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 birth organs are already there even in the womb they form in the womb so that life is outside of these boxes, these wombs, and also inside of these boxes. And the biggest deception or one of the big deceptions to this human existence in this particular lifetime is trying to create disconnect and act as if they're not always connected, to act as if we're not always updating our spiritual roadmaps. Like this is happening, ongoing. That's the beauty of it. That's where the, the energy, the power of love come from. Right. comes from the fact that this creative process is happening over and over again and it shows up you know yeah, man it i really want to go sit my younger self down like the the six-year-old one in particular because that's the one i can't find mm. this whole ever since we ever since i said it and ever since you you know you highlighted i'm like where is he i the so my 12 year old self he he showed he was gone for a long time. He showed back up at the age of 29. Hmm. He took 17 years and he came back and he said, Time's up. He was like, All right, now I've been waiting a long time because my 12, I got saved when I was 12. 
don't know if I ever told you this story. I got saved on the side of my bed looking out the window when I was 12 years old with nobody around. And I had a little conversation with myself and I was like, all right, they say I need Jesus to go to heaven. And they say I was born in sin and I need to believe that he died and he lives again. I gotta believe it inside, I gotta say it outside. And so when I do that, bet, I ain't going to hell and I'm just gonna live this life and just, you know, I'm gonna just do it the way they told me you do it because that's what everybody else do. And I made that agreement with myself at 12. I didn't have the theological framework or language to articulate what I was doing in that moment, but that was my first, you know, theological soul discovery, if you will. And it showed back up at 29, like, all right, bro, this ain't really what we want. So you said, you said when we were sitting on the side of the bed, we were just going to try it on. We were just going to try it out. Okay, let's do something different. And <laughs> that's how that went. And ever since, me and 12-year-old self have just kind of been rocking like, all right, well, what's next? What, how, do we, how do we transition to something more life-giving? Yeah. And, you know, as I was sitting here listening to you, I was thinking, um, I was like, okay, you know, what do we do with everything that we just dumped on this conversation? And, <laughs> and immediately I started to think about like deprogramming ourselves from what they told us we weren't good at, you know, mm. whatever that means for different mm -hmm. people. Um, and, and, and uh, I want to be very clear in saying um, uh, deprogramming what we were told that we are not good at is not the same thing as having self-awareness of recognizing things that aren't your strong suits. That's not the same Perfect. thing. Perfect. Um, we all have things that we're just not strong in. They're just not skill sets that are things that are innate to us, you know, and to our being and who we are. And that's perfectly fine. That's the way it should mm -hmm. be. Because mm -hmm. uh, there needs to be room for other people who do have that as their skill set. But I'm talking about what the world has convinced us when, when that six-year-old version that you can't find Mm -hmm. so absolutely certain this is the thing that um that helps to give me life it's not the only thing yeah yeah, um, yeah. but man is such an important thing and if i if i just knew that i could hold on to this thing mm -hmm. um forever mm -hmm man you know things would just be different and and it's that it's that you know the the deprogramming these all of these things around us that convince us you're not good at that not because you're literally not good at it it's because i or we or somebody or something thinks you should be doing something else yeah 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 that was that was what i bought into at 12 but when i like you said when i think about the 6 year old you know, little fella, you know, I just, I don't know 
if he cared about it like that. And maybe that's the beauty of it. And so when you talk about, you know, these things that you're good at. So from 12 onward, I developed new sets of things that I was good at, yep. but still being admonished to not pay attention to the things that were that I either was not good at or what not or were not good for me. And I bought right. into it at 12, you know, and that was the whole undoing at 29. But, you know, I, I think about your story and the comic books and everything. Um, how did how did that get stripped away? Not so much where did it go, but is that connected to something that people told you were not was not good for you or or maybe it had something to do with somebody told you you weren't good at or something you felt you weren't good at? Like, like I already got mine loaded up. I know I know exactly what it was. They told me I wasn't good at or either I felt I wasn't good at and which makes it much more difficult to find that younger self to talk through it yeah. with him. I, I would, yeah, probably a combination of all of that. A combination of okay. not seeing any examples around me of one mm. or, you know, of course, you know, again, as we always say, like a lot of this stuff is pre-internet, pre, there, there, there's no access to representation. Yeah. We, we underestimate how important representation is to our development in terms of like, of this thing this essence, this thing that like, that, mm -hmm. that's calling us to it, we need to be able to somehow see it show up in the world and see it looking like us too. Not just seeing yeah. somebody doing a thing or whatever, but we need to see a version of ourselves doing that thing. Um, and yeah. also, you know, the, the uh, potential ridicule of it. Mm -hmm. So like, I didn't have anyone around me that was in the comic book world and in that fantasy world and in that, like that was for the nerds and the geeks at that time. Like who knew that it'd be a multi-billion dollar enterprise later? You know what right. I'm saying? Nope, somebody knew clearly, but- Clearly, right, right. You know, at the time it was like such a niche thing. You mm -hmm. know, it would, it would be the equivalent of like a stamp collector. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, you didn't really talk about it that much. Yeah. And it was just something that I kind of absorbed on my own in my own just world and experience. And so I didn't know it, it, it wasn't even, it wasn't stripped from me. Uh -huh. I never had it because I never knew that I could hold on to it and grab it, uh -huh. and just carry it with me everywhere that, that I went, you know? Um, all of these things you know same thing for like playing the saxophone like was good at playing the saxophone and i gave it up because it just wasn't cool because mm. nobody around me played instruments because it was the nerdy thing because it was if i know what i know now you know what i mean like but at the time it was like yeah. i want to go be with them yeah and so in order for me to be with them i can't be with this but I could, yeah. if I just knew that I could, if I knew that I could be all of it, I could be with yeah. them and still be with this over here. Uh -huh. Oh, life, life changing, you know? And I, I mean, I guess maybe that is part of the modern day application of, of like knowing, knowing, knowing that, uh, that yes is possible. Mm. That, like that, that you can, 
you can be, oh, this is, yeah, here it is. You can be yes to all of the yous that you feel. Mm. Like, you can be all of the yous. It's okay. It's acceptable. Be all of them. Every single one of them. Yeah. And you yeah. don't have to leave any of them behind to be accepted in another place. Yeah. You know, um, and we don't learn that until we're much older, that those elements about ourselves, the, the one thing that we probably wanted to leave behind mm -hmm. is the thing that becomes the unique X factor that people love us for. Yeah. That people are like, wow, that's so beautiful. Oh man, do you like now? Like you see somebody, you know, the cool dude playing a saxophone, and he, oh, he's so great, so cool. Look at you know, saying like now yep. it's like that's the thing. And at the time, it was the corny band player. Yeah. Not realizing that you know, moving, elevating up, like playing ahead of my, ahead of my group, moving. I was second chair, moving into first chair, mm -hmm. and like. But conceptually, I don't really understand what that means at the time. You know, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that there was something significant to that. Um, and see, that's why this is deeper than advice, man. Because you got to go back and find that young saxophone player. Like, where is he? Yep. Like where, where we keep coming back to that question, where do you go to find it? Yeah. And it's, and it's more, it's more than just, Hey, do this. It's look, it's okay. As you just said, it's okay to be you. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I think part of what we have to push back against, bro. And my bad, if I cut you off, no, 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 no. Oh, we got to push back. So as I'm thinking about be all the use, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the me's that might have gotten the rest of me hurt mm. and so i thought about self-control but how could what, what if and i heard somebody say it where they uh, they were alluding to it they didn't go as deep as, as, as they didn't dive as deep as we do but um you know what if is what if we should be we shouldn't be trying to teach self-control um but but teach passion and what i mean by that is if you're passionate about a thing you're naturally gonna do whatever it takes to be able to continue to do it yeah. so if if a child is passionate about being athletic instead of teaching that child you know you gotta wake up at a certain time and work out a certain time and work out like this it's look if you want to be able to do this on a high level these are the things you need to that's do. You, so have to do. Right. do them as you feel led and that way you commit. And it's not like taking some, some type of poisonous medicine. It's, it becomes like a spiritual discipline. It comes from con contemplative practice. It, it becomes this life-giving energy because of passion and love and all of these fruitful things versus mandates and checklists and and benchmarks yeah yep. you know yeah and incentives you know because they're the reason we opt in to the box 
The reason, you know, go, going back to 12-year-old me, the reason I did it was incentives. I thought it was some good, and it was some good. Yeah. It just ran its course. And, yeah. and that's where I've grown to a place like, I guess there's a piece about regret in there. Yeah. Not so much a regret. It's just honoring the time that was. That, that, that happened. That's a story to tell. It informs me now. It, it really provided my whole platform now. Now I have an ear and a heart for people that are struggling with find themse finding themselves spiritually because mm -hmm. of everything I've gone through. And, and, and like even you, your storytelling piece, they kept trying to tell you to shut up. But that spirit inside you that pushed you to keep telling the story, now it's, it's developed into... I mean, you want to, you know, top five storytellers in my book, for real, for real. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, man, I would, I guess, um, you know, um, I mean, maybe you know, this may be a great place to put a pin in it right here. This is we've unpacked so much, man. But you know, just in closing, um, you know, just figuring out how to do do what what really feels good and figuring out how to package that that feel good thing from 12 from six from whatever into something um that can be meaningful for you and the people around you so that it's not just a self-serving uh sort of you know response exactly not just exactly. something for your own like shits and giggles but exactly something that actually can create meaningful existence for you and the people around you, the people that you are connected to. Um, in some ways, you know, uh, back to this, this womb concept, mm -hmm. we've never not been connected to somebody. We, we mm. entered our creation having both a physical connection, the umbilical cord. Yeah, yeah. And a connection because we grow inside of someone else. We grow inside. Inside. Of someone else. That is a wild concept. That That's someone else that's half you. Right. Right. Like you literally grew inside half of yourself. Right. Right. So well, we gotta go. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah. we gotta, yeah. <laughs> no, keep going, but like, bruh. Nah, nah. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> oh man. We gotta you know, let these yeah. people go. We gotta let them go. Let's put a pin in it. Let's put a pin in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there. Let's put a pin in it, man. Um, no, nah, that's, that's, that's yeah. That's, that's it right there. That's it, man. Look, look, man. Yo, check us out, man. Look, follow us on social media. <laughs> you can find us everywhere. We come as equals. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Definitely, definitely, definitely check us out on YouTube. Um, if you follow us on YouTube or if you like the content that we're producing, hit subscribe, share it with other people. Uh, we also post clips on YouTube. So if you don't have time to watch the full hour and a half episode or whatever the case may be, you could just share the clips. And we always want to remind you all, like we're not doing this for self-promotion or self-aggrandizement. We want to really 
create and develop these messages and ideas just to help spread um, our gifts out to the world, but to also yeah. help initiate conversation that we think you all may be interested in. Uh, yeah. This is some really heavy stuff sometimes, but it's also some really like good stuff that you could carry with, with you. So if you really want to bookmark Thanks. something, this is something that you want to bookmark. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, check us out. We'll be back with you soon. Next Jay, time. Any closing thoughts? Nah, man, I'm going to let it speak for itself. All right, word. Cool. We see y'all soon. See y'all.